Hello, and welcome to Seducing Aliveness. I'm so excited you are here with us for show number 50. I am Jen Halterman, and this is Tamara Yonker. Good morning. You never know how quick or long I'm going to make that intro, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> True that. Yep. So we were just laughing about how it is show number 50, and it feels like it got here so quickly that it's a little suspicious. Mm. I'm not sure how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> And with so much ease and play and joyfulness, it's just been a delight. How does it get any better? Right? We've had road adventures. We've each been on vacation. We've had a guest host with Sherry coming on. We've had recorded shows. We've had live shows. We've had people in the chat room. This is just amazing. So thank you for being part of what makes Seducing Aliveness um, fabulous at 50. How's that? Mm, fabulous at fifty. I like that. I like that. I was um, I was peeking in the in the stats yesterday just to eh, curiosity. You know, I mean, we're having fun no matter what. But it was fun to just kind of see the numbers climbing of people who are tuning in. And um, you know, I've I've had a few friends lately who are keep like they keep kind of oh yeah, I keep meaning to tune into your show. I keep meaning to tune into your show, and then they do, and they're like, I can't get enough of your show. I can't get enough of your show. <laughs> That's, fun. <laughs> That's right. It's, it is pretty fun. And here's what I really love is the most listeners are in the United States, which is awesome. Hello to those listeners in the United States. However, the second location with the most listeners is China. Hello, China. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was a little like, what? That is amazeballs. What? China? Hello, China. Shout out to China and Canada. Who's next? So, if, you know, if you're listening, thank you for sharing us. We are officially an international show as we are like, oh, hey, hi, China. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fun. <laughs> it really is. It's fun to see the spots. They have a map when you look at your stats that show the different countries. And it's super fun mm-hmm. to see the different countries pop up. And, you know, hey, Australia and a lot of the little uh, smaller countries over in the UK. Hi to you, and I, I'm just excited. The possibilities of what technology has created, so we can be doing this, is fabulous. Right? <laughs> Globally, yeah. that just is really exciting. Really exciting. <sighs> yeah. So absolutely. We've had a, we've had a, I've really enjoyed this, not that I don't always enjoy our show, but this, this week about receiving has just been um, exceptionally super delicious from me, from my point of view, Um, (laughs) because I just really recognize what a difference it it made in my own life as I really let go of the control and um, uh, surrendered more into that space of allowance, which opened up receiving in a very natural way. And so it's been really fun to talk about that and invite people to that space. And we have one more day today talking about receiving before we move on next week uh, to talk about receiving in a different way with bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's embodiment week next week, but, oh, we're talking mm-hmm. about receiving people. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, how fun is that going to be? And I know there are many of you who are so excited for that week and one who is actually terrified. <laughs> There's one, one person who's like, I am actually a little flustered. I'm not sure what, what you two are going to say, but you know I'm going to be listening. <laughs> well, whatever we say, you know it's going to be unexpected because none of this, this is total improv the whole way, every day, full hour of improv. Who knows what's going to come out of our mouths, and I love that about the show. It's really just following the uh, the energy and allowing aliveness to, to seduce us through the show. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so let's talk about what's seducing us today, and that is how wrong do you have to be to receive? Yeah. How wrong do you have to be to receive? What does that bring up for everybody? Well, it's, it is kind of funny that if somebody shares something uh, wonderful that's happened in their life, 
that sometimes you get that uh, that like, oh well, isn't that great for you? You know, <laughs> like <laughs> sort of like you know, it's like why don't we celebrate each other's successes and uh, joy? You know, like if I'm I'm something joyful happens in my life and I'm like, oh my god, this happened, it was so blah blah blah, blah so great, and then somebody's like well, that's really nice that you can have that. Or, you know, like there's that almost like backlash from uh, people. uh, Is it jealousy? I mean, I suppose there's all kinds of things involved there. But when we receive a lot, it's like you're the tall poppy and someone wants to come along and chop you off. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's very interesting that that jealousy of, well, aren't you lucky? Or why are you so special that comes up? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So here's uh, here's my little dance I've had with this personally. And here's what's really funny is that I went through a time where I chose to receive everything. I was I was just freaking high on my aliveness. I was fabulous and everything was great. My body was great. My money was great. My kids were amazing. I was having more fun than I'd ever had. I'd give myself permission to be me and be free. It was amazing. And I was receiving like crazy. Like, and, and I'm talking about not only receiving attention, but I was receiving money. I received um, sexually. I was receiving playfully. I was receiving so many surprises. I was receiving gifts. I was receiving kindness. All of it. Like I was lit. And then for whatever reason, what? I said you had the spigot (laughs) wide open. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did. I had that spigot wide open. And, And the vessel was open too. You know, like I didn't have a drum of containment that it could fill up and then I would be done. I just kept receiving. Mm-hmm. And then I went through this really funny choice time to choose into constriction and restriction. And, and really, I locked myself down. And the next phase, when it came up, that I went, why the hell did I ever stop receiving? It was really like this, hey, what happened? Life used to be fun, and now it kind of sucks. Um, I opened up to receiving, and the flow started. And this time, I had a very sneaky little organization of players in my life. And I had orchestrated my life to where I had the kind of the jealous um, Eeyore in my life. And so this time when I would receive, I was sure that I was told how wrong and bad it was and how unfair it was and how in comparison it really was not right that I kept receiving when this, you know, jealous Eeyore was not. And it was such a beautiful orchestration orchestration because I would literally receive and immediately pass it off or pass it to somebody else so that it, so I wouldn't be caught in possession of what I received because if I was in possession of it, then jealousy or would show up and make, and, you know, project all the wrongness about that. So I turned into this like really super fast funnel and I would redirect all the receiving. It was really fabulous. And it sucked. <laughs> and so this is a topic for me that I get. I've been on all sides of it. I've been the person looking, going, how are they receiving? What's going on over there? What am I not aware of in my life? What's going on? What am I doing? I've not been the jealous person necessarily. I just don't, I don't carry that, I don't know, whether it's a DNA cell or that thought pattern or belief or whatever bullshit it is. I just don't do jealousy really well. I really suck at being jealous. So I didn't have that one. But the rest of it, like it was so good at shrinking down. Like I was a tall poppy who kept bending over trying not to be seen, you know. And that's how I played this game. And so I know you've had your own experience of playing this game. So what dance have you done with the receiving? I think you've talked about it on other shows with dialing down the balance of giving and generosity. 
Well, yeah, there's that, but I'm also <clears throat> recognizing that there's shame in receiving. And I was like, oh, my God, I just suddenly tapped into the energy of how many people. It's that whole, you know, like you're, you're, here you are, the tall poppy, because you're like, well, I've had all this amazing stuff. I've received this and this and this. I mean, that was a long list of stuff. You, like I said, you had the spigot wide, oh. o- wide open, and your your vessel is immeasurable. And um, somebody comes along and it's like, well, aren't you lucky? You know, and it's like it's like somebody's literally shaming you for having the gall to receive. How dare you be so open to receiving? You know, like that's a bad thing. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my god, there is all this shame delivered at people who are willing to receive more. Like, like there's some mm-hmm. sort of standard range of like, well, you can receive this much, but not an ounce more, because then you will be wrong for not being like the rest of us, because we're only willing to receive this much. And I started uh-huh. thinking about that, and I was like, oh, my God, I've done that. I've totally done that. Like, there are some things that I've received <laughs> in my life. For example, I have never paid for a car. I have <laughs> never paid for yep. a car. I have had three cars given to me. Here you go. Have a car. I have never paid mm-hmm. for a car. And you know what? That is something I have in the past not felt comfortable talking about because it's like, you know, like, oh, somebody's going to judge me because I receive cars, you know? Like, that's uh-huh. – and then, and then, I mean, this thing about money, right? If somebody gives you money and you didn't earn it – yeah, I love it right here. Thanks, Eleanor. There's a wrongness to receiving when you didn't earn it. Someone's going to shame you about that. Because there, there was a, a long time when I was really struggling <clears throat> starting my business, chose not to, you know, work, get a job, but was uh, building a business, and I was struggling financially, and I asked for help with my mortgage. So I received money to pay for my mortgage, and that's another thing that in the past I have had shame. I'm like, oh, I can't tell anybody about that because, like, you know, like there's – isn't that crazy that we would feel shame around receiving and not want other people to know that because – Somebody's going to judge us for it. I mean, we should feel free and liberated to shout from the top of the roof, like, hey, I'm a really great receiver. And no, we don't. It's like there's shame around it. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating. It is so fascinating that, you know, there's comments. We've got the... The, yeah, the honest, what did you do to get that? Like, what did you give up to get that? You see the exchange energy that, and then there's, you have to be worthy of it. Like mm-hmm. the chat room is awesome. If you are listening live, come on over to the chat room and interact there with us because this is a great conversation. So how many of these are really things that you can resonate with? Like, oh, I don't judge if somebody's given a gift. Oh, I don't judge that. However, I judge the hell out of them if I don't think they're worthy according to the church. (laughs) What Mm. area is that that you have? I remember the the jealous Eeyore used to say, how is it? It's like you you shit cars and computers. People are always giving you cars and computers. How is that? And I was like, I don't know. Isn't it fabulous, though? (laughs) She just could not wrap her her lack of receiving around my receiving. Do you see now that happened? She was trying to wrap her lack of around my abundance of, and it could not happen in her world because of her orientation. And so therefore, Mm -hmm. if I can't understand according to my orientation, uh, what your orientation is about, you have to be wrong because if you're not wrong, I am, and I'm not willing to do that. And that's a game that kept playing out and playing out and playing out and playing out. Exactly. That's that's really big right there, worth repeating, so I'm going to say it again. If somebody is <clears throat> choosing something that you would never do, like you've decided that that behavior is wrong, you've decided that, you know, what, what, whatever you've decided is wrong, and then you see somebody else doing it, that is going to piss you off. <laughs> That is going to make you so angry and frustrated because you're not willing to do it. It's like, they shouldn't be doing that either. What, who do they think they are doing that? Who do they think they are receiving cars? Oh, my God. Like, I would never do that. What's wrong with them? It's amazing how upset we will get when people are willing to be, do, and choose things that we would never be, do, and choose. And 
And it, it, there was I love this this going on in the chat room. There's been some fun stuff I want to go back to. You don't even have to be told uh, this whole thing about the shame and the receiving that I was just talking about. Someone in the chat room, you don't even have to be told that you're bad because your programming is like internalized. You've internalized this, like receiving is wrong, receiving is wrong, receiving is wrong. So nobody has to say to me, hey, by the way, don't tell anyone that you've received cars because it's just in there. It's just like already in there that I shouldn't tell people that because, you know, someone's going to judge me for it. It's crazy how that is. And then, <clears throat> you know, I think about examples of, of let's just, I'm going to make up something. So let's just say, you know, I'm a kid and I'm walking home from school and I find a $100 bill on the street, you know, and I go home and I'm like, hey, look what I got, look what I got, a $100 bill. And a lot of times the response you'll get is like, where did you get that? What did you have to do to get that? Like, you couldn't just have it. You couldn't just receive it. Like, you, you must have done something shameful to get it. Did you sell your body? Did you give some guy a blowjob on the way home? Like, like what did you have to do to get that money? You know what I mean? It's like this is this is yep. the crazy insanity is that you must have done something foul and shameful to come, you know, you're just a little kid, right? Like, how are you going to come up with 100 bucks? You don't work a job. Where'd you get that? What'd you have to do? It's amazing. All of this stuff is so subtly programmed in. Where does that come from what is the origination of wrongness in receiving and that we should feel shameful about our our willingness and capacity to receive for no reason (laughs) (sighs) yeah yeah that's the most interesting thing is is what when i shut that down in me when i started to go oh it must be wrong it must be bad what i realized was what they were revealing was what they think they would have to do for that money. Uh-huh. They're just revealing what they think in their mind they must do in order to receive what you've received. That's all that that is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is. And, and, and I'm telling you now, because I have been the one laughing hysterically when I realized what they're revealing about themselves, people – if they are really committed to being in that, you know, Eeyore suit or the poor me or victim or whatever the hell it is, they are not going to appreciate when you realize what it is they're actually saying. <laughs> when you receive what they are trying to hide in plain sight, they're not going to be very excited about it. <laughs> so be sure you stay in your own lane because, you know, I've played the superior bitch to go, so is, uh, you know, a blowjob the only way you get 100 bucks? Well, and have you ever been, have you ever been the person that received a gift from someone and you took it home and, you know, maybe you showed your parents, you're like, oh, so-and-so gave me this. And you're all excited about this gift. And and the parent says, well, you can't keep that. You can't keep that. That's too, Uh that's too expensive. There's no, uh -uh, you're going to have to give that back. And you're thinking, why? I like it. It's my gift, you know, like you're as, as a, we're so, I mean, we're open to receive when we're little kids. We don't have any judgment about there has to be a reason attached. We're just like, yeah, somebody give me a present. Woo-hoo! Like we're just excited until someone comes along and says, that is much too expensive. You have to give that back. Or, you know, or, or God forbid it be someone that they, that they feel <clears throat> they have some point of view would be threatening. And it's like, well, if you keep that, then, they're, then that person is going to, you know, expect something of you. Like, I mean, even uh, a, a man perhaps giving a, uh, 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 like, I'm, I'm having this flashback of my mother because she was always warning us about uh, men who were going to try and use us. And it's like, if a man gave you a gift, well, you couldn't accept that gift because that was it was that almost as you said this unspoken agreement that now when he wanted something from you you were obligated to give it because you accepted his gift. Crazy shit. Oh, right. Man, oh man, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> when when and I hope as listeners you can hear, we're having fun with this topic, obviously. Oh, yeah. But if yeah. you've got this, if you're realizing this within you, understand that making it serious is not going to release it. No. Like, if, you're, if you notice judging your, you start judging yourself, like, join in the laughter of this, because when we realize all of the crazy, literally nonsensical crazy, does not make sense, 
lies that have been holding this in place for how you resist receiving by making it wrong, that when you, you know, it's actually kind of easy to move through if we'll just laugh about it, you know? And so if you are able to really just roll with it, I promise it leads to more ease. (laughs) You know? It really does. I promise. Yeah. It really does. I mean, these could be shocking moments if you're like, oh, my God, I've got that. I've got that program running. Oh, my God, I've got that program running. Oh, my God, I've got that program running. Celebrate. When you discover Uh that you have some program running that you've been running on default and didn't even know that it was in there, and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was in there. I've been buying into the shame of receiving two. Wow. (laughs) Hallelujah. Celebrate. You get to now have a choice in changing that instead of continuing to live by default. Refusing receiving based right. on shame. Right. Hmm. right. So, so you, you know, maybe you're not fond of what you discover, but celebrate that you discovered it, that you yeah. discovered what can create change. That's the invitation, mm-hmm. you know, like celebrate the discovery if that's what you need to celebrate. Whatever it is, we're not attached. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and it is. Really, it's this like, all boils down to judgment, which is a bunch of bullshit, totally. you know, judgment. What are do you stop yourself because of judgment yours or somebody else's? Is that what's your excuse? Like, is that the justifiable um, wall to put up to cut off your receiving? Is that what you've created for yourself? That's mm. that's very curious. Mm. Isn't uh-huh. it though? Yeah, especially judgment. when Tamara says in the chat room, the greatest illusion perpetrated on humanity. <laughs> Are you allowing an illusion to stop you? <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I've I've said this before that it really is, you know, you you So, so here I'll go back to my the whole car thing, right? Like um you noticing that in the past I've had like, you know, oh, I can't tell people that I receive cars. Like I can't tell people someone's going to judge me. Well, here's the thing. I'm not actually worried about somebody else that's going to judge me because if I don't have any judgment myself at all, then other people's judgments are like water off a duck's back. They don't even impact me at all. They don't even phase me. They're not relevant. So, So all those times when I was hesitating saying anything, that was my own judgment. That was my own and shame. That's why I brought this up. That was my own shame of like, Oh, I did something bad. I received for no reason. I better not let anyone know. You know, it's it's the shame around receiving that stops us. It's actually not that you think someone's going to judge you. It's that perceived shame that you did something wrong. And this is what I'm I'm just blown. This is mind blowing to realize how much shame there is around receiving. Because it's not just me. It's not just me. Uh-huh. Um. This this idea that and and that's the thing. So anybody, I'm gonna, uh, there's certain things that are bare repeating. So I'm going to repeat them because this is this is juicy uh-huh. stuff. If somebody, and and that's not to say that people won't judge me. If I don't judge me, that's not to say that that's going to stop others from judge me, judging me. They're still people are going to judge <laughs> if they want. That's, oh, they're yeah. just going to be do and choose whatever they're going to be do and choose. The difference is if I don't judge me, their judgment is meaningless. It's absolutely right. meaningless. The thing is, so this is what bears repeating again, if I'm somebody who's fully willing to receive cars, and then I go out and tell people that, and the, all the people who aren't willing to receive cars are the ones who are going to judge me. Right. If, you're, if you're receiving something that other people are not willing to receive, they will judge you for receiving it because they're like, how dare you? How dare you? Uh-huh. You are doing something wrong in their eyes, and so they're going to judge you because they would never, they would never do the thing that you have chosen to do. And let's turn that around the other way. If you're judging, if you, I mean, you'll know, if you're judging other people for receiving stuff you haven't been willing to receive, it's because you're making that wrong. Somewhere in your universe, you got embedded the idea that receiving X, whatever it is, is wrong, and you're going to be so annoyed and frustrated and judging the people who are receiving what you refuse to receive. This happens all the time, all the time. It's rampant. That's why I love this topic today. Uh-huh. It so, yeah, is. fear and is another block is... to receiving, for sure. Sorry, just reading that in the yeah. chat room. <laughs> 
Yeah, the chat room. So fear is another block to receiving it. And I asked, fear of what? And the answer is fear of the of repercussions from the bully in the family. Mm. I'm like, isn't it interesting how when you pull away because the bully may have repercussions for you, you are giving the bully power. By denying the receiving that's available to you, you are actually empowering the very thing you're saying is a reason that you don't receive. It is an absolute um, cage, it, your own incarceration, according to giving that bully power. Because really, I'm guessing the bully in your family, I don't know that they live with you. I don't know that they control your daily activities. I don't know what your situation is. But you're the one, yes, making the bully greater than you. And that's where the magic is. Like, you have made yourself wrong for receiving because the bully said so. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And that you can, you can choose differently. You can make a different choice. That awareness can set you free, literally. So when yeah. I was in my – yeah, I really want to bring up – I had this uh, customer. I was a waitress at a cafe, and – I had this customer and he came in like clockwork and quite honestly, he was kind of a pain in the ass. You know, he was one of those that the ice had to be perfect and the coffee had to be perfect. And then the plate and I, you know, he was kind of a pain in the ass. However, he was also very generous and he knew what he wanted. And because I was willing to just simply turn his plate a quarter turn, that if that's what it, was required for him to continue to coming in with his generosity. I didn't see that I was out anything. I was a waitress that I love that kind of thing. Like I was lit when somebody was excited about how something was presented. So it was this fabulous thing. Well, it turns out he contacted me. He had some stuff and he had an abundance of stuff and he did not have a girl. Okay. So a female heir to his stuff. And so he contacted me and said, I would like to give you something. I'd like to gift you something. And it is, there's no attachment. There's no nothing. Well, he ends up bringing in just a plain manila envelope to the cafe. And he's going on a trip. He's going back to, I think it was Ireland, where his family is from. And he leaves this envelope with me. And I receive it, okay? And I put it in my space at work. Well, it had my name on the outside of it. And I didn't open it. Well, Somebody at work actually got into the envelope, okay, and they assumed that I, that this man was my sugar daddy, that I was doing sexual favors to receive favor Mm -hmm. from this man and started Mm -hmm. a whole shit ton of conversations and people at work started treating me weird and all this stuff and I I was so confused. I didn't understand because when I looked in the envelope and realized it had been opened, I started asking him, like, who opened this? I, did, I hadn't even opened this. What is this? And found out who had opened it and all the stuff that went down from it. And the interesting thing is, when the gentleman returned, the owner of the establishment who had been the one who opened it approached him and asked if she could be his lover because she wanted his stuff. And what what transpired for he and I was I had nothing to do with what she was doing. She was playing a game. He caught on quickly, but I was, I learned a lesson right then and there about what people will do, what people will do when they think you're getting something that they can get and how far they will go to undermine what you're getting. And I could have made myself wrong. I could have made her wrong. I could have, turned it into a devastation of what had happened. But you know what I did is I learned from the situation. I chose to learn from it instead of make it all wrong. And the reason I tell you this is it's so easy to say they're the bully, they're wrong. They're just a teacher wearing the role of bully. They're just a teacher. You can choose to learn or not. So when you think about all of the reasons and all the people that you have made, you know, more powerful than you, superior to you, and that you have used that as a reason to not receive or whatever it is, just remember, they were just a teacher. You chose to give them your power. They could have taught you how to be a badass. 
They could have taught you how to say yes, even when they were uncomfortable with it. They could have taught that. They just happened to teach you that they're a bully. Whatever you did with it is not wrong either. So whatever your relationship with this, whatever you've been doing the block receiving, is not an invitation to go to self-beat up or judgment of yourself. We are inviting you to learn from it all, to receive all of this awareness without judgment. Yep. Are you willing? Yeah, exactly. Are you willing? Will you choose it? Will you activate that superpower of yours? <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm noticing is, um, you know, there's loving the discussion going on in the chat room and people are noticing, you know, oh, yeah, I... I didn't receive because of fear of recussions from the bully, as we've been talking about, or, you know, fear, I love this one, fear that the cool kids will shun you. And it's really mm-hmm. easy for us to, you know, go right to the, 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 the mind is really good at coming up with reasons and justifications for our actions. And it usually has a whole slew of them right off the top. And we, we talked this week already <laughs> about logic. Logical, reasonable, rational. Oh, yeah, it's because of this, it's because of this, because of this. And and then, you know, the thing that I notice, though, is if, if oftentimes if you just kind of throw out a whole slew of, like, reasons for uh, the obvious, the obvious things that you notice about what uh, the the circumstances that allowed you to, you know, fruit freeze receiving, uh, cut, shut down receiving, cut off receiving, shame, whatever, like, that's all that's all great. That's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And... Usually there's something underneath that. And and one of the one of the things I can't help doing cuz it's just how I roll is getting to the root. Like getting to the root. Because a lot of times, you know, you hear people and they will say, uh, I thought I dealt with this. I thought I was over this. And you know, they've been working on something and you know, they have a desire to change something in their life and they're working on it and they're working on it. And then it seems to keep resurfacing, and they keep resurfacing, and it keeps resurfacing. And uh, oftentimes I will, you know, ask a few questions because it's like, if you've ever, I'm not a person who works in the garden much, not really a fan of that, but I know that if you want to get a weed out so that it doesn't come back, you got to pull it out from the root. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the root really has to be extracted from the soil, or if you just cut off the top, then it's going to grow back. It's going to grow back. It's going to grow back. So I really enjoy getting to the root of things. Let's get down in there and get to the root of things. And um, I would invite you to take a look a little deeper. And and I think this one, that uh, this comment about fearing that the cool kids will shun you, one of the – and I'm just going to go right to the root right now. <laughs> I'm just going to go there. And then we can kind of, you know, fill in a little bit and, and receive more of your feedback here in the chat room. But one of the things that I notice as I've been exploring this with, you know, cl- so many clients over the years is if you keep asking questions, what it gets down to is rupture. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a lot on previous shows about, like, if there's some sort of primal fear underneath all of that, it's rupture. It's like, you know, I'm going to lose my 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 mother i'm going to lose my friend i'm going to lose that the the relationship that i've come to rely on or that i've come to appreciate or you know for my survival is going to go away there's something in there that's so powerful that's not a mind thing right like our mind can look at all the reasons and the oh yeah i did it because of this and this and this and this but if you go a little deeper a lot of times what you discover is this almost like primal fear of like I'm going to lose people that I care about, or I'm going to lose people that are caring for me. There's going to be some sort of rupture that really is at the root of all of that. And and when I work with a lot of clients, this is something that inevitably comes to the surface of the conversation. Because if you fear rupture, receiving is going to be not even on your radar. Your orientation will be always to avoid rupture at any cost at any cost. So if that means separating from you, if that means never receiving anything, you will do all of that to ensure that the rupture never occurs. So you will avoid rupture at any cost. So I just wanted to pull that into the conversation and, mm-hmm. and you know, invite you to kind of look at that and play with that. And you'll know what's true for you. I'm not here to tell you what's true for you, but I have, this is something that I've seen with many, many, many clients. 
So take a look at that. Because if this fear of rupture is something that's literally driving your entire life, bringing some awareness to that will make will be a huge game changer. Because you'll begin to see, oh my God, look at all the things I am not choosing. Look at all the things I am not receiving because of this one underlying driving thing, which is to avoid rupture at all costs. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about it many times. This is a new topic, but we are going to repeat it. If your orientation is to avoid rupture, Mm. avoid separation, and you have the thought that me receiving means I'm separate from those that don't receive, bam, you can't receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, all of this really goes to speak to the the underlying belief that could be going on that, of scarcity, that you think there's a limitation mm-hmm. in the world or that there's, you know, a fairness required or whatever it is. Like there's a lot under there that could be keeping this in place, those little spokes on the wheel to keep everything true and right so you can be fighting for your right to be right mm-hmm. about how you're living. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and if you look at just the masses, like let's just take a, a quick, you know, kind of analysis of, of people on the planet, right? There, we t- we've talked about this before. There is this pull as if there's safety and sameness. It's kind of mm-hmm. like without even, without even thinking about it, we're pulled to this idea that we should be like everyone else, that we should go along to, to fit in, go along to get along, fit in, safety and sameness. And if you look at the, the majority of people on this planet, mediocrity reigns. Mm-hmm. Mediocrity reigns. There's not a lot of people, like where you started the conversation about this whole topic, tall poppy thing, someone's going to come along and chop you off. So, so you know, if you if you think of a bell curve, right, and right in the in the in the center, you get the big bubble of mediocrity, and on either side, you've got the people who are willing to be really different, who are willing to be like, you know what, I'm going to receive like a badass, and nobody's point of view is going <laughs> to stop me, and I'm going to take all that shame that I've been harboring for who the hell knows where it came from, and dump that shit in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Then guess what? Yep. There's no more safety and sameness anymore. You have to be willing to be bold. You have to be willing to say, this is, I, I'm not going to allow me- mediocrity to reign in my life. My life. Sure, if everybody else wants to choose that, that's cool. It's not wrong. It's just recognizing that you might want to step out and choose something different. <laughs> oh, it's such an invitation. It's such an invitation to do something different. To change. That's all it is. Mm. And and if it's working for you, keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to add that. No, you don't have to if you don't want to. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, wow. <laughs> so what's bubbling now? I love this. I love this. I'm just reading this. It would be really uh-huh. interesting to make a list of all the orientations that we've talked about. <laughs> it's true because we've uh-huh. talked about a lot. <laughs> and there's probably countless, you know, I mean, the 7.5 billion people on the planet. There might be just as many orientations as there are people on the planet. Who knows? Um, yeah. It would be complicated to, if and you're oriented in several ways at once. Yes, I think it is. You've got all kinds of conflictions going on. People are oriented in different yep. ways in different areas of their life. Um. Yeah. How conflicting would it be if you were into opposing ways? Absolutely. I've I've been that myself, and I've worked with people like that for sure. For right. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and that's what creates that oscillation in life—that back and forth, like two steps forward, three steps back. If you say mm. that, oh, every time I make progress, I get thrown backwards. Every time I, you've got conflicting orientations. Congratulations. Mm. What are you going to do mm. now? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So it does happen. And that's, I don't know. I just don't take life as serious. I think it's a freaking great big party game. It's an opportunity for shenanigans. Like, what do you want to do? When you realize you've got conflicting orientations, what do you want to do with it? When you realize you've been cutting off receiving, how fun would it be to say, well, I'm done with that game. I think I'm going to play the game of being open to receiving. 
and then have the experiment of receiving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what if you were just simply willing to experiment with it? I mean, I've talked about this for years. When I finally realized that um I, I wanted to choose out of the experience I was having, I was like, Okay, I'm just gonna put on my little lab coat and go out and do experience experiments in my laboratory called my life because that's uh-huh. really what life is. And and I've been having this conversation quite a lot lately with a lot of different people is that you actually don't have to make anything wrong in order to choose something different. And that is one of the things that's so prevalent is that in order to choose a, a new relationship, I have to make my current relationship wrong. If in order to choose a new job or career, I have to make my current job or relationship wrong. In order to choose new friends, I have to make my current friends wrong. In order to choose, I mean, it's almost like in order to choose something different, we've got to go through the, all the effort of making this really, really, really wrong so we have really, really good reasons and justifications for choosing something different. And I've been having um, this conversation a lot lately with, and maybe we even did this already on the show this week, but um, it's kind of all a blur. I can't tell what was a private conversation, what was on the show. When, what if, what if it was simply just recognizing that you're like, huh, I would like to have a different experience than the one I'm having. Uh-huh. What if you didn't have to make anything wrong about it? Nobody wrong, nothing wrong. You just were like, I kind of have gotten to this point where I'm just a little bit tired of the Groundhog Day that I've been choosing, and I'd like to have a different experience than what I'm, what I'm having. So if you're if you're been listening to us for the last 40 minutes and going, and you've been having a lot of those moments of like, wow, I didn't know I had so much shame about receiving. Wow, I didn't know I was doing this. Wow, I didn't know I was doing that. You do not have to make yourself wrong for any choice you've ever made in the past. You can be like, Okay, cool. Well, that was interesting. And now I would like to have a different experience than the one I've been having. It really yeah. is that simple. And I'm going to bring up this, um, I'm going to share this again, that I was a blackout drinker for 20 years and never made that wrong. Never made it wrong. It was the lifestyle that I grew up with. Uh, in my, I mean, my, my parents liked to have, throw a lot of parties, and they drank a lot, and they would hang out with their friends, and they drank a lot. and It's kind of what I saw, and I was like, oh, that's what adults do. <laughs> so I, and I liked being the party girl. I thought that was really fun. I never made it wrong. And, I mean, yeah, did I do crazy shit? Abso-fucking-lutely <laughs> did I do crazy shit. <laughs> but I never made any of it wrong until it started to lose its um, novelty. And granted, it might, you know, taking 20 years to lose its novelty might have been a bit of a long time, but that's how long it took for me to (laughs) kind of start (laughs) finding that this lifestyle was tedious. And it was so easy when I was just like, okay, I desire to have a different experience than the one I've been having for 20 years. You will have the ease, greatest ease with change when you simply follow the desire to have a different experience than the one you're having. If, if I sat there and looked back on the 20 years of blackout drinking and made every time I did it wrong and went into shame and, oh, my God, and I can't believe and I've wasted so much of my life and look at all the stupid stuff I did and on and on and on and on and on. If I put all of my attention on focus on that, that's history. I'm looking backward. It's like you can't, you know, I, there's some there's some wonderful uh, quote about, you, you you know, living your life always looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how well would you be able to drive your ca- car down the road if you, were always, if you kept your eyes fixed on the rearview mirror? That would be a little challenging, wouldn't it? And that's kind of what yeah. you're doing when you're sitting there like, oh, my God, it was so wrong. I can't believe I did that. Uh, 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 wrong, 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 wrong. If you do that, you're fixated, and the wrongness is going to keep you firmly implanted like cement boots. But if you just go, wow, I would really like to have a different experience than the one I've been having, it is amazing how much ease you will have with choice. This is the superpower of choice we've been talking about. You can just simply start. I just simply started choosing different things. I was like, okay, right. well, I'm not going to go to the bar all the time. I'm not going to go drinking with my girlfriend all the time. I'm not going to, okay, well, what else am I going to choose? And I literally had no freaking clue because that was right. my life for 20 years. So I'm sitting there looking at a blank slate going, hmm, what am I going to do? I don't know. What am I going to do? 
And it became, and that's when the experimenting in my life truly began. Truly began. Right. That was 18, 18 years ago. I was just like, well, I guess I'll take this class. It kind of sounds interesting. <laughs> I guess I'll go to that restaurant because that would be different. I mean, it was just like, I was just, yeah, started experimenting. And then as I started experimenting, I was like, well, I really like this. I'm going to do more. And I don't like that so much. I'll do less. Yeah. Just choose. You, you can just choose something different than the experience you've been having. It can be that simple. Right. Absolutely. And there's so much kindness in not needing to make yourself wrong for what you used to choose. Mm-hmm. You don't need to make yourself wrong. Just choose something different. Like, you know, when I, when I left the original religion that I was introduced to upon birth and I left, I started experimenting and going, well, I don't know. Do I throw the baby out with the bathwater? You know, I don't know. Do I, what do I do here? I don't know. And I started experimenting with going to a number of congregations and a bunch of different uh, religious organizations. And overall, it was really kind of a very fascinating time for me. And I can remember in every single place I went, I would say that I was able to experience within me, notice not within the church, but within me, the sensation of connection with the higher power. And none of it had to do with the organization. It all had to do with me. And that experiment taught me that I am the connection to my higher power. Now, it does not mean that I think religion is bad. I think that there's sometimes that religion is freaking the most awesome thing on the planet for certain people. But it doesn't have to be bad because I don't choose it. And I know there are organizations that go against and they fight against the religion that they they have left and they see it now as all wrong and they want the whole world to know how wrong and dangerous and bad and cultish it is and all this stuff. And I think to myself, wow, they actually really haven't left that religion. They're just standing on the outside of it, engaged in the fight that the inside of the religion was doing. Mm. And, yep. and that's just a choice. But sometimes if we're not willing to receive, we miss that. That the moment that we decide something is wrong and bad, it doesn't mean that we've actually made a change at all. We're just on the different side of the coin of that thing. We've got to receive it in order to be aware. Brilliant. I love it. As soon as you make something wrong that you have been choosing, then you've just flipped to the other side of the coin, but you're still caught in the trap of right and wrong, good and bad. Yeah. You're just, you've just swung the pendulum to the other side. You're not any more liberated than you were when you, like, I, I, if, if I would have made all the drinking and all that stuff wrong, I would have still, I would have been forever caught in the trap of forcing myself not to drink rather than right. just having it be a choice. And I see a lot of people who do that. They make, they make their past choices really wrong, and then it's like they have to force themselves not to go back to the old pattern that was so bad that they have so much shame around. And it's like wearing, it's like wearing chains. Because I I spent a lot of years of my life forcing myself, forcing, forcing myself to do things, forcing myself to not do things. And I realized as long as I stayed within that, um, that uh, construct of this behavior or choice is bad and this behavior or choice is, is good or right and wrong and good and bad, and I was still all locked up in that. My desire is yep. liberation from all. I've said this before on the, on the show. The true wealth for me is the wealth of infinite choice. Like any choice is available to me. All choice is available to me. Nothing is off limits. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have to choose anything and everything. I likely won't choose many things, but I have the capacity to choose anything and everything. That to me is freedom, not flipping from one side of the coin to the other because I've made this side wrong, now I've got to go to the right side and then forever force myself <laughs> not to go back to the wrong side. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting um, dynamic. When you allow yourself to stop needing to make anything wrong that you're not choosing, anything you're just not choosing it, and you don't need to make it wrong. There's so much more opportunity for connection and awareness and 
just kindness with everybody. Because if you've made something wrong, then anybody that's in, that is attached to that wrongness, your wrongness judgment leaks all over it. And so if you just can drop that, that judgment piece, and allow people to receive whatever they're receiving, allow yourself to receive whatever you're receiving and not use it as a measuring stick that you're beating the hell out of yourself and others with, your life will be so much more peaceful. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I before the show this morning, wow, I was really I was really I've no I notice um again, you know, kind of see stuff on Facebook or I see other people um and I've talked about this before where when I'm coaching parents oftentimes I will ask them, you know, like what what is your primary uh target in, you know, raising your kids or whatever and and sometimes what what we'll explore in the conversation is that they actually hold obedience uh, very highly, and so so what happens is when they hold obedience very highly, it it is at the expense of the connection with their child. They put obedience over their uh, the connection with the child, but they don't know they're doing that because this is something that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. You're just I'm the parent, you're the kid. You're supposed to do what I say when I say it. And so this obedience thing becomes primary, and then they lose the connection with the child. It's the same way with, with right. I see a lot of people who are so invested in right and wrong and good and bad that it will be at the expense of the connection. So if, you, yeah. if you're actually orient, oriented to connection, and not many people are, interestingly enough, not many, they would like to say that they are, but when I explore with them the choices that they make, and what those choices create, what we often discover is that they're not oriented to connection at all. They have all kinds right. of orientations that they weren't even aware of. But if you are mm-hmm. oriented to connection, then what purpose would right and wrong, good and bad serve? Mm-hmm. Because those things create Absolutely. separation. That's just what they do. Right and wrong, good and bad create separation. So if you're truly oriented to connection, or if you would like to be more oriented to connection than you are recognizing that you are now, Letting that stuff go, reducing its primacy in how you operate in the world might be something you want to look at. Mm. I, I, it has taken me years to actually shift my orientation to connection. Because rupture yeah. is, not, is, is not necessary. It's actually usually... I mean, you can't control if someone's going to walk out of your life. You can't control that. And I think that's, that's part of this illusion, this whole the fear of rupture is like I, I have – we will, we will do all kinds of dances. We will, we will alter ourselves and in, in, in almost, you know, to make ourselves unrecognizable to our own selves in order to prevent rupture with somebody. But you might do that. You might you might alter yourself so until you are absolutely unrecognizable to yourself in order to prevent rupture with somebody. And guess what? They might still leave. You actually yep. can't control that. You actually can't control that. So this is this piece of um, being oriented to your connection with yourself. First right. and foremost, above all. First and foremost, above all. And in order to uh, orient yourself to connection with yourself, to you know, we've talked about abandonment. We've talked about we talked about so many things on past shows. You've got to let the right and the wrong and the good and the bad go. You really do. Yep. It gets in the way. It gets it separates every time. Yeah. Just a choice. Yeah. It is. It is, and it takes practice and experimentation, and and there's going to be some things that you might say were mistakes, and they might be learning opportunities, and it depends on how you judge them as to what you decide they are. It's up to you. I I, I love this uh, comment in the chat room. So obedience and connection are two sides of the same coin, and then, no, they're actually different. Um, and obedience and disobedience are on one coin. I would I would ask the question, what value does obedience or having an orientation around obedience serve in your life? Mm-hmm. It's a really fun question to get to to get to starting an inquiry about. What value does an orientation around obedience serve in your life? Yeah. Yeah, because it, you know, for many, the the value of obedience was the reward 
Why would you obey? Mm. Well, unless you get rewarded, you know? Mm. I mean, and that's, that's just part of the world I was raised in was the, the reward that wasn't even immediate. It was like the reward after death, the reward in heaven, the reward whenever. And so as, as I was being raised, I was actually always seeking an intangible thing. And it taught me that I, I didn't have a choice. I was, I was just supposed to always be doing a certain thing. And it was a level of control that was to keep me obedient. It was to keep me safe. It was to keep me, you know, making others look good. It was so many different things. And it was just a way of keeping me from being my own authority. That's all it was. It was making others have the authority over me so that they didn't have to worry about me. Because as long as they were my authority, I wouldn't do the the bad or the wrong. And, yeah. you know, for them, that worked. For me, <laughs> it made me a hell of a rebel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, another, another thing that I see obedience is a lot of times um, it's to get somebody off your back. Right. If somebody yeah. is uh, obedience is, is about power like, over another. It's about control. It's about I know better for, than you what's best for you. And so I'm going to tell you what to do, when to do it. It's, it, it feels very militaristic to me. It's like, you know, when I oh, say jump, sure. you say how high. I'm going to tell you what to do. You do it immediately. And there's no there's no back talk. There's no response. You just you just follow my orders. And so I know a lot of times um, obedience comes in the form of like compliance because it's really compliance to yeah. uh to the to the directive is just to get them mm-hmm. off my back. Like with somebody's hovering over you constantly telling you, you know, you're just like, okay, oh my god, at this point I'll just fucking do what you want me to do to get you off my back. Uh-huh. So there's many ways that that can play out. Many ways that that yeah. can play out. Absolutely. So in the parenting style, that's the because I said so orientation. Mm, That's yes. being oriented to <laughs> I have power because I'm the parent because I said yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So what does this have to do with receiving as we wrap I'm up the just... show? Can you believe it? Come on. <laughs> Two and a half minutes. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, right? Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. I was thinking the same thing I was as I was watching the clock click, click down. I was like, hmm, and how can we bring this all back around? And I was like, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I think that really what it all comes down to is all we've been doing is like weaving around where the energy showed us that there is belief that receiving is wrong. Everything we've talked about are ways that we can make it wrong to receive. I mean, you know, if you think it's wrong to receive from somebody that you haven't given a blowjob to, you're going to act accordingly. If you think it's wrong to receive from somebody that has no other errors and decides to give you something, then you're going to act accordingly. If you think it's wrong to receive a car, you're going to act accordingly. That's all it is. So what if you didn't buy that? What if you didn't have to buy into the judgments, but instead just simply open completely up to all receiving and drop the judgments. That mm-hmm. is the key. That's a magic fairy dust. Simply said, and so true. <laughs> Sometimes it's interesting how we make the simplest uh, choices the most uh, difficult to choose. <laughs> Aren't we cute that way? <laughs> We're really cute like that. <laughs> Let's make it complicated. It'll make us very important. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it next to impossible so that I can always say I didn't have a choice. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. What a great game to play. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, I think it's a wrap on this week. And show number 50, thanks. Yeah, thank you, everybody. We'll be back next week with Embodiment Week and definitely more receiving with bodies. Hello, hello, hello. You know we're going to talk about sex. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Yep No shame there <laughs> Buckle up Buckle up, Buttercup We're going there next week <laughs> And on that The seducing aliveness We're out for this week Talk to you next week Bye, everybody Thanks, everyone Bye-bye <laughs>